Text Talks could not be prouder to be collaborating with Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies this season. This season is all about inclusion, all about providing a platform, and all about the music. We are teaming up with one of the world's most iconic brands, which, for the first time, is teaming up with one of the world's most iconic festivals. We could not be more stoked to be jumping on the Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies train to bring you an all-woman lineup for the first time across all our seasons. So remember to keep walking towards love, keep walking towards the future, keep walking towards music as we prep you for what's bound to be the biggest festival of the year. Head on over to rockingthedaisies.com to find out more about the future of music festivals in Africa. Get those last-minute festival tips, merch, and soak up every little bit of excitement that Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has to offer. Welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am chatting to a Cape Town singer who flexes R&B pop bangers with such lyrical bravado. I am obsessed. She's been at the forefront of the neo-pop wave since she emerged, and as one of this year's Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies headliners, she's poised to give us a show we're not going to forget in a minute. For the first time, please welcome to Text Talks, Rolene. Welcome to the show, lady. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm good. That was such a brilliant intro, by the way. Uh, you actually need to say that to me so I can add it to my bio. <laughs> 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 Listen, that's that's what we do here at Text Talks. We aim to please. So if you want that clip and you want to use it on your bio, fit. Go, Ten stars, straight ahead. Like absolutely <laughs> inside. Actually, I'm gonna re-listen to this and be like, let me just go put that as my introduction. Because I mean, wow, <laughs> you even have me saying, Except, "Damn, is that me?" Except for the part where I fucked up. But we're gonna edit that out. So it's fine. <laughs> but at least you have that option which is like really great it just makes it more fluid and flexible it's it's just more comfortable that way i think right when people say like quote unquote all the magic happens in post here that that really happens (laughs) (laughs) we mean it yeah we mean it yeah but you have a strong ship team running yeah yeah it's strong a strong strong team but raleen i want to talk about a headline of an interview that you did back in April that I saw. And I want to talk about it specifically because I thought it was so interesting. It said, Rolene's superpower is being the odd one out. And yeah, I, I thought that was very interesting because as far as I'm concerned, you were the first in SA to produce a sound that's now very trendy, right? But talk to me about this idea of you being the odd one out and not conforming. So, like, growing up, right, like, I didn't even know that this was something that that I was going to pursue. Like, I, I w- I've always had a love for music and just creating an art and just being, like, not the one fitting in. Like, always being the one dressing like a little boy and then being a complete little girl the following day and then having colors that are not matching, like, arguing with my mom about that. Like, you have to, why is your socks not? I'm like, bro, life is too short. That's always been my, <laughs> like, that's literally always, we've always had that debate of, and, like, for her, it was always a matter of, you do know that if you die, this is what you're going to look like for the rest of your life. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm really okay with that. Thank you for making me scared at a very young age, but I don't think I'm going to die anytime soon. <laughs> so like, in the industry, it was kind of the same thing, because I've always been around predominantly male figures. And when I did start making music there weren't a lot of females I felt that were doing that I was doing that I could go to for advice or be like I don't know what I'm doing right now am I making the right decision like you know like I didn't really have anyone that was that was gonna help me or like console me or you know because the industry like it it gets really lonely Mm-hmm. Even when you have all these people around you and supporting you, you do get into your head and you you overthink every single thing. So like just having to not conform and like be in a space where I'm like, yo, I have to 
look a certain way. I have to act a certain way. I have to sit a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. I, you know, like everything has always been something I wanted to do. There was never, like, I've always been very strong-willed. Like, I've never, like, cracked under pressure in that sense. Like, I've always been like, if I don't want to do it, like, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. But, like, it doesn't, doesn't something that I feel like fits in my genre of living. So... Uh, it just it just it really helps like when you're creating as well man like you you can just say anything but it's really just like a a vocal diary like a verbal diary that other people are going to be singing and listening to and they're going to be thinking a whole different thing where you're singing about a cat or a door or something stupid but <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's just really it just helps i feel like art should always be something that you're just doing because you genuinely love what you're doing because then it just turns into a job and I mean yes it is my job but it's it's not something where I'm like oh my god like I have to wake up at like six o'clock in the morning and drag my feet because now I need to go shower like I literally I learned how to record myself how to write my own stuff I engineer my own stuff so like there's not a lot of females I know that does that like and I wish there was because like then the spaces would be like it would be cool because then we won't need another, like, no offense to the men, but, like, it would just, you'll feel more empowered as a person because you're in control of what it is you sound like. You're in control of what it is you're doing. Like, you're doing anything and everything you want freely. Like, it, it comes down to conforming again. Like, yes, like, collaboration and help and all of that cute stuff comes in and plays a big role in a brand and an artist. But if you mm -hmm. don't really know who you are and what it is you want to do and what it is you stand for, it just all comes becomes very blurry and you become someone that you're not. And you're just like a, a mold that someone else is like you're shaping into this mold that someone else is literally crafted for you. So you're just literally like cement and you've thrown into like this thing, this mold, and it's something you don't even like what it looks like. And it's, just, it's weird. So I've always felt like whatever I'm going to do, it's always going to be something I want to do. It's going to have to make me happy. It's going to have to make other people happy. Uh, but me first, because I do make music for myself. I'm not going to lie. And I feel like that too is like not a lot of people do that, man. Like they don't do things. They don't create for themselves anymore. They create because they think it's what other people are going to enjoy and what other people are going to like. So... Yeah, I answered. I said so many things. Oh my god, sorry, you didn't even get to. You ask said me so many. You said so many <laughs> things, but you said all of the things that I have been dying to hear from the moment that I knew I was going to talk to you because you've been in the industry for ten years, right? Long, yeah. almost, almost ten years, long time, right? It's but lit, you're it's, still it's literally. Yeah. But you're still in it's the weird. thick of your career, right? There's still so it's much. It's only starting. You're gonna yeah. do exactly, but. From everything that you just told me now, do you think, I mean, maybe you're in the process of doing this at the moment. I'm sure that there's so many people, but especially women, young women, who look up to you because of everything that you've achieved in the music industry. So do you feel a responsibility to give back, to educate? And when people reach out to Absolutely. you and they want to know, you're Rolene, you know, uh, I'm I'm a young woman. I'm in this industry. I'm I'm feeling you're very lonely. Uh, give me some tips. Like, are you are you very uh, like reachable that very, way? Approachable very, that way? Very 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 much so. So like, I started this Telegram group like two years ago, mm -hmm. and. I started getting in touch with, I don't even like calling people fans. It's just so freaking weird, man. Like, it's just so weird to me. Like, I know it's a real thing, and but it's just like, I would like to say supporters because like, whatever I do, it's not like I ask their permission. It's just like, what do you think of this is how, is my approach currently because even with my new project like on my telegram group what i've been doing lately is like sending my shit like i'm just like yo guys and you know what's cool is that they're not leaking my shit i love that like it's it's wow. like we have this little we have this group and there's like about 200 people in there it's not even a lot but i like that's a lot of people that is like there for just me you know what i mean like mm -hmm. instagram mm -hmm. and all those other places i find them very fickle so like 
having like actual human engagement and interaction with these people that are consuming your music and that you're like you're changing their perspective you're changing their lives you're you're a part of their world like they look up to you you need to always like do shit that's gonna that you're gonna be proud of you know what i mean because like i always believe that you only ever keep what you give away so like with with my music like i try to be as honest as possible and with my supporters like i speak to a lot of them like some of them actually has my whatsapp number like literally and it's like they're not even i don't even regard them as like it's just a lot of people say that i don't have boundaries in that sense like yes you're an artist you need to act a certain way you need to you know you can't be accessible i'm like what does that like even mean like so you're saying that we should be disconnected from the people that basically make us you know, like these are the people that buy your music. These are the people that buy your merch. These are the people that repost your shit, you know, like, mm. like these are the people that matter. So when I was younger, not even younger, LOL. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> How old are you if you don't mind me asking? I'm 25. When I was 15. 25? Yes, Oi. I'm 25. Okay. Yeah. So okay, I'm 10, years, I'm 10 years older than you. So, yeah. So when you were 15 <laughs> and you yeah, started out in the industry. Basically, I started this initiative and it wasn't even for me to be in the front. Like, it was just because I just loved seeing people being happy while making, while doing things that they actually enjoy. And, you know, like, I come from Alsace River, right? And that's in mm-hmm. Cape Town. And all the places, like, I went to Alsace River High and, like, we used to be a part of this like organize not even organization we had this competition annually called high school jam that was sponsored by um grand west and um planet productions and they basically just put together a show where 10 schools would compete for like 30 minutes like each each school would have 30 minutes to basically showcase what they've been preparing for the last three months or whatever and my school wasn't really built for arts and culture it was a purely business like everything was business and math and physics and all that shit we never had any like art shit like it was after grade 10 it was either you're doing economics you're doing bio you're doing business all of that stuff like we didn't have anything that was artistically inclined Mm -hmm. so they presented all these schools that weren't really fortunate to have these programs to participate you know and it was obviously mad competitive but like there was a sense of unity that was that was just like present like in that room like it was like 10,000 people because obviously like all these schools like they sell tickets whatever and you showcase whatever and I was a part of that for like five years since I was in grade eight till grade 10 I mean grade 12 sorry and when I started uh doing this high school jam thing right they they basically started this program on the side just to like help even more for you to produce an even better product Mm -hmm. they would choose like 10 people from each school 10 or 20 people and they would give us workshops like life coaching like performance coaching like how to just carry yourself like all of those things like just like reinforcing like your character like bringing it back because you know like you lose yourself because of like school high school is just such a weird freaking place i hated high school i'm not gonna lie high school jam was the best place like the best thing it was the highlight of my high school career because if that didn't happen i'd definitely not be where i am right now so basically like with high school jam we had this side program that was called inspired stages and inspired stages was something that kind of helped reinforce all the traits we had as kids i'd like to use that as a reference because as like a kid you you really don't give a shit like you're just you're you're very you know like you want to do things because you you're excited you're you're not attached to like you're not told you're too loud or you're too soft or why you dressed like that so as a kid like you're just so much more free so like being a part of inspired stages i kind of like reinforced and like brought back all the things that I used to be but that I lost because being around people and also just like being afraid because like I never spoke Afrikaans and my school is predominantly Afrikaans so like everyone that spoke to me I'd re- I'd respond in English even now like today my family is full on Afrikaans right so they'll speak Afrikaans to me and I'd speak English to them it would irritate the <laughs> shit out of everyone and they'd always be like why are you trying to keep you quiet or why are you trying to be cool why like you're not better than anyone else and I'm like but I am though like what do you mean like why are you being an <laughs> asshole just because 
I choose to be who I am. All of my bitches got an attitude problem. Like, why does that offend you so much? Like, it's not like we're not communicating. You understand what I'm saying. I understand what you're saying. Isn't that the purpose of language? Like, why are you making this so complicated? So, like, back to, like, the whole Inspired Stages thing. I birthed this organization called Utopia. And it was basically Inspired Stages only ever happened once a year. Right? And I just felt like, damn, like, I actually like these people. They make me feel like... I'm not weird. They make me feel like what I'm trying to do with my life is not like unreachable or impossible to achieve. Like they made me feel like, yo, it was a place like no one was, no one was, everyone was their own individual selves. They were Mm -hmm. so cool. Every single person is doing their own crazy shit now, which is fucking amazing to me. Sorry. But we basically like, had something where you could it was a place where everybody was somebody like we would literally create music we would dance we would create like the singers that weren't dancers would learn how to dance and the dancers that weren't singers would learn how to write and like we were just all empowering each other and this came at no cost like it was just like a place we'd literally rock up we built our own mirrors we built our own sets we started like the first big gig I did was opening for Mikasa and I spoke to Jay something about it like not too long ago and I was like do you understand that 10 years ago I was this tiny and like I literally opened for you at like this festival and he's like wait that was you guys and I was like <laughs> yeah we were in all black and like everyone was just cute like like was he opening for you like that was our that was like that was a life-changing moment for a lot of us and I don't mm. think you understand that. So like, thank you for that opportunity. And he's like, bro, I really want to work with you. And I was like, yeah, like, cool. We're going to do that. But like, I just want you to know that like that entire was like a 360 for me. Like it's like now it's looking back and being like, shit, like this is how far I've come. And I can look back and be like, damn, that was something that I, I did just out of love and like from a good place. So like everyone that was a part of Utopia are still a part of somehow a part of my team. My band is still my band. I still use those guys. They're obviously way older now. Mm-hmm. Um, my dances are still my dances. I mean, and it's not even like mine. Like if they needed me for something, I'd literally show up in a heartbeat. Like I'd book my own flight. I'd be there like yesterday. So like, that's just how we are for each other. So whenever there's opportunities that are presented, they are the first people I'll go to like 100%. You know what I mean? So Mm. just being able to like show people that it's not, it's really not impossible if you just ask. Like the worst thing you can get is no. And then when you do get a no, just ask why. (laughs) Why Mm. you say no? Like what can I do differently to make it a yes? So that's kind of been my entire approach on everything. There's this really beautiful cover of Adele's Make You Feel My Love that you posted on YouTube. And and you mentioned that it's the first song that you ever performed on stage. And, you know, Erlene, that's a big song. I mean, anything by Adele is a big song. (laughs) I know. But uh, take me back to those early days. Like, at what point do you realize that you've got something special? Do you know what's crazy? When I was like five or four, when I was five in grade one. So when I was three, four, right, I was in crash. And they, I actually have the pictures, I'm going to send it to you guys, where yeah, I had to be the lead in this freaking thing. Like this, you know, that showcase shit you do. And mm-hmm. I the went I home and I cried. Like that, not even that stiff. It's not even yet. Like that was like, you know, in crash, like when it's just a bunch of kids running everywhere and they fingerprints is on everything. That shit. <laughs> So <laughs> the wild, the wild west. So, it was the wild west back then, and yeah. I really like the teachers just kept saying, "No, you have to be the one in front. You're the whatever." And to me, I felt like they were picking on me. I didn't look at it like, "Oh my god, you're different and you're cool and whatever." I felt like I went home. I will never forget because I, I went back home and I cried to my mother, and I was like, "They're picking on me. Like they're always asking me to do shit. Like I don't want to do it. Like and <laughs> like literally, like I swear to God, like I felt like they were bullying me." Because they always put me on the spot. They always put me in front. They always, like, it was always like that. And I was like, why? Like, there's a hundred other kids here. I swear to God, you can speak to them. Why is it me? Like, why is it always me? And I was like, I would be a tree. Like, I'm okay with being a tree. Like, I swear. Like, it's not even, like, a weird thing. And 
they didn't they didn't have it and they were just like you you have to because like you have to sing and i was like okay cool and that was my very first encounter i sang a tree song i'm a little teacup we'll never forget that either but like after that like i didn't care about it like it wasn't something where i felt comfortable being in the spotlight like yes like i'm very comfortable with myself but i really enjoy my privacy i really love my boundaries and the second you put yourself in a space where you're like a leader and all that shit, like a lot of people like misconstrue that shit. And I don't like it. I don't like that part. So when I did my first like performance ever, I was in high school. And even mm-hmm. that was forced upon me because I was just like, I know that I can do this shit. But like at the same time, it's like, I don't want people to come up to me and be like, oh my God, you're the girl that sang at that thing. Or, oh my God, Rolene, like you're so cool. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't want the attention. Like, I wanted to be respected, but like in a way that people didn't overstep the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, like, that song that I did, I heard it on the radio on Hot 104.9. <laughs> and my grandfather really loved that song. And, I was just like, you know what, like, I'm going to sing the song. And it was like, he always asked me to sing that song. Like it was like out of all the golden oldie songs that I could have sang to him, like the new Adele, this new at the time Adele song (laughs) was like his favorite that I would sing in the house because I lived Uh with my grandparents. And at the school thing, um, it was some, they were doing some recital thing and I was told that I had to perform because they didn't have enough people. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm scared. And then it just happened. And the second that I was like there and it just the whole, the music just happened. Like I was nervous up until the point where I started singing. Mm. Like everything, like the whole hype, getting ready, like backstage with a bunch of other kids. And now it's time for me to go on. And they're calling out my name and it's time for me to go on. And I'm just like, oh my God. This is really happening. And I was shaking. But when I started singing, I swear to God, it was just like, I, I didn't even, it's like I couldn't see anyone else in the room. Like it was just me in the room and I was just singing to myself type of thing. And that's kind of when I kind of knew that like this is, this is like, I've never felt this way about anything. Also at that age, like what what else are you supposed to be feeling? But mm. <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? Nap time. So, like that, and yeah, food. you know? Yeah, exactly. Not anything. And like, you know what I mean? And tantrums and anger and happiness, but like just the feeling of being lit up like inside and just being warm, like you're hugging yourself type of feeling. I don't even know how else to describe it. But that was just like one of the best moments. But even then, like it was kind of scary because I knew that like after that, like a lot of shit was going to change for me. And it did. I had to join the choir after that. And the irony of that was that our deputy principal was the choir master. So if we didn't do choir, I'm sure you know what would happen. So I was just like, you know what? Let me just do this shit. I don't have time to argue with this lady. So, oh my god! Yeah, I just joined the choir, and then I ended up liking it. That was the that's the irony of that. Like I didn't expect to like it. I loved it. Like I loved hearing different parts of a song coming together. Like I loved being taught. I loved being like in a space where like there was a lot of discipline and just seeing how how hard work like literally rehearsals for like two months for I stayed food or even longer actually sometimes it's longer that like she really came for us she was like yo we have to prepare and we'd never have break times we'd be rehearsing during break times we'd be rehearsing after school so like I think like that's where I kind of learned a lot about like time management, discipline, and like focusing on like the end goal and making sure that like, look, you need to put in this amount of hours for it to look or sound a certain way. So like that's what choir really taught me. And obviously like the harmonies and shit, that's crazy. Like just hearing how shit comes together. Oh my God, music is crazy. So choir choir teaches you, choir teaches you so much discipline. It's amazing. But I was wondering... Was there anybody back then during that time who was your biggest champion? Like someone who maybe knew that you had this innate talent before you did? 
So there's two people, right? Uh, my dad is my champion, 100%, because, like, I've seen him do crazy shit. Like, he was disabled for, like, 80% of my life. But then he just started walking. He was like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm not what? doing this shit anymore. Like, it's crazy. It's the craziest shit. I'm just like, how did you do that? He's like, yeah, well. And he has, like, fucking metal shit in his back and shit because he fell at work. It's just, like, so much crazy shit. Like, my life is such a movie. But, like, that's, like, I've never looked at him as, like, someone that was different. Even though he was in a wheelchair my whole life. And, like, that was never something that, like, like it was not something that stopped him from being, like, this crazy person, you know? Your dad and then a obviously, DJ too, right? Yeah, he was. He was, like, when he was my age back in the day. And we have so many, like, vinyls in our house. But it was something you could not touch. Like, it's something that was arranged, like, hours before. You know, like, this is what we're listening to today. Like, then he'll take it out. It's still, do you know what's crazy? Like, I'll, I, I'll get pictures. I'll ask him to send me because it's still in, you know, like when a CD's wrapped, it has like the, it's like still like neat and new. All that shit does not oh look like God, it yeah. comes from like the 70s, 80s, 90s. It looks like we just bought it. And that's oh how much God, respect he has for like music and his equipment. And no one can touch the radio. No one can do this. Like, it's all... Raleen's dad has curated the soundtrack for the game. exactly <laughs> what we're listening to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And like, the other person was my brother's... My brother's girlfriend. Uh, she always made this joke of, you're going to be a superstar and I'm taking 90%. I never understood what that meant. <laughs> like she kept saying that shit. And like up to like three years ago, when I spoke to her again after like all these years, and like we laughed about it. She's like, I told you. I told you. So you're lucky you didn't like agree to that 90% because right now I'd be rich. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so like she always knew. She used to make me sing to her all the time. And it wasn't weird because like we'd just be chilling in the room. I'd like be on the couch and the song would be playing and we'd be like literally karaoke to it. It was a very fun moment. That was like the only time where I felt like someone's not putting me on the spot for like their own benefit or some weird reason. Like it was just like, I just want to hear you saying like this just, you know, like I don't even know why, but that was that was it for me. And it was weird, but it was cool. So shout out to mm. her actually. Yeah. So. So you were you were singing and you were performing in primary school from a very early age right to high school. But then in terms of making it a priority, that was never the plan, right? So I was very uh-huh. surprised to learn that you were studying dentistry for two whole years before you dropped out yeah. and then decided to properly pursue music. But what was the straw that broke the camel's back. What made you decide to finally drop out and go, no, music, um, I'm all in now? So, like, one of the things that I mentioned before is, like, my boundaries and being happy. So, with studying, I felt like none of those things... I mean, like, everybody probably feels this way at some point. But, like, I was not happy once. Like, I can't remember. I can't even, like, try and think of a memory that was joyful or happy that where I was enjoying any of that shit Mm. like I I just I didn't like it it didn't make me feel good I was doing really well it wasn't like I was failing and shit like I was I'm an overachiever so like I always push because my parents are quite strict too so I just didn't want to put myself in a space where that was gonna be my whole life you know like imagining like 10 years down the line and just being like shit like I don't even like what I'm doing so even if I'm doing nothing like I'm gonna do nothing for a bit and I'm gonna find myself in the nothingness and I'm okay with that and I just dropped out I was like I mean I'm paying for the shit so who is gonna tell me like what I can and can't do so Mm -hmm. I dropped out before I even told my parents I dropped out like two weeks before I told them so I didn't even tell them I called my uncle I was like look you need to break this down to your sister because she's going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to do it. You have to do it for me. I'm sorry. No, I say, and he's like, and we had to plan that day to the T. Like we're fetching her at work. We're setting her down. We're telling her, then we're taking her for dinner. Like it was like a plan. Like it was really like a preempted plan that we knew was going to take all these hands to get it across the finish line. 
And how did it go? But she started crying and she was like, I feel like you should have been comfortable to just come and tell me this. And I was like, yeah, no, no offense, but I still wouldn't do that to this day. But like, like, it's just like, it's just like you have this expectation and you don't want to disappoint your parents. And then you realize that they don't even really have expectations for you like that. It's just them projecting all the shit they wanted to do, but they didn't have time to, or they couldn't, or they didn't have money to, or, you know, so they just really want the best for you, but they don't also kind of understand that, like, sometimes you should just, like, have conversations and ask and, you know, like, try and understand the person before you think you know what's best for them. So... Like that was always my approach with my parents. So to the, like now they're mad supportive and like they try and be as involved as they possibly can. They still don't know what the difference between an EP and an album or a single is. Oh, they I feel love like that. they still call a single an album. It's freaking cute. And I'm just like, no, I'm not working on an album. Like now I am. So it's a whole different process. So like I have to keep explaining that shit to them, but it's cute because I'm also still learning, you know. But, like, I, school is not for everyone, man. But I'm not saying anyone should drop out. Stay in school. Like, do what makes you happy. Do what you yeah. love. Everyone's like, situations are super unique. But, but like, yeah. when when you, you know, were going through all of this and then decided that music was going to be your calling and that you were going to move to Johannesburg, your parents are supportive now, but back then you dropped the bomb on them that you're not going to study and then you want to move to Joburg. I mean, were they were they behind you? This is a funny story. <laughs> funny, funny story. So, how did the whole Jobic thing happen? I was like eighteen. I nineteen. I was nineteen because I started studying when I was seventeen. So I was nineteen, and I had just met Junior. Junior being nasty, see, right? Um, mm-hmm. They had flown into Cape Town, and. They were, I don't know, I, I I was working for Good Hope FM at the time, I was doing playlisting as one of my side hustles while working and studying. And um, it was up the road from where I was and a friend of mine hit me up and said, yo, you really need to come and meet this artist. Like, I think you guys could do some crazy shit together. And I was like, hmm, you know how I feel about people. How many people are there? Send me a picture of the room. And then he was like, stop being like this. Like, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities. And like, I get that you're a very private person and you don't like being around people, but you're a people's person. You just don't know that. Like, you need to be around people to really understand that you're a people's person. And I was Mm. like, yeah, I'm a people's person, but like, I'm not going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation just to make you happy. And he's like, dude, this is going to change your fucking life. Just come. And I was like, ugh, okay. When I'm done, I'll pull up for like five minutes. That same day, I got stuck in the elevator. Trying to get to where we, like literally in the, like the building that they were shooting. I get stuck in the elevator and I'm just like, the Lord knew my soul and I was not supposed to be here. But then I don't give up because I'm like, I'm already here. I'm stuck in the elevator waiting. I waited for like 45 minutes. And... I eventually get upstairs and now I'm even more hostile because I'm just like, oh my fuck. I was stuck in the elevator. I don't know anyone. I know one person and this person is shooting because he's like the videographer and he's not even like trying to introduce me to anyone. So like, what was the purpose? I'm like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? And this guy escorts me like outside. He's like, look, just come and chill outside. Do you want any water? Do you want anything to drink? Like, what's your vibes? Like, do you need anything? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm just waiting on... Like, Nani, my friend. And then he was like, okay, cool. Well, he's not going to be done anytime soon because, I mean, they're shooting a music video. And I'm like, oh, that's what you guys are doing. And then he's like, do you want to be a part of it? I'm like, hell no. Like, there's no way I'm doing that shit. Like, there's no way. That means, like, this is going to, people are going to see me, like, on TV. Like, just no, I can't do that. And then another friend shows up and literally saves my life. And he's like, yo, do you guys know that she's like an artist? And I'm like, not really an artist. And I'm just like downplaying the whole thing. Cause like, I just started sound. I was like a SoundCloud rapper, singer. <laughs> he just wanted to like share my stuff with him. And he was like, you know what? Like you, you should just actually put yourself out there and you never know what will happen. And then Junior's like former manager comes out and he's like, oh word, like you're an artist, play some of your shit. And I'm like, well, it's on SoundCloud. Also, like, I have a train to catch because, like, 
I have to go home. And like, if I leave too late, like I live in a really weird area, so I have to travel now. So mm-hmm. just take my number or whatever and we'll talk. But I didn't give him my number. So two days later, they hit me up via Facebook. The same guy, which I thought was mad shady at the time. I was like, where did you even like, okay, it's Facebook. Obviously, it's easy to find people. But like, I didn't even tell you my surname. Like, I didn't tell you any of the shit. And you just found me and you're just saying, yo, you should fly up to Joburg. We'd really like to sign you. I'm like, oh, this sounds like a scam. Scam somewhere. Yeah. It sounds creepy as hell, bro. <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, no, not doing that. And I tell my little brother about my day. And he's like, what? You was nasty C. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Relax. Who is this person? Why are you why are you losing your shit? And he's like, What do you mean? Like, who are you? Like, what do you mean? How do you not know? And like everything after that, like I was just like, okay, wait, like, what do you mean? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, he's like, dude, say yes. Like, just say yes. You can't say no. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is probably gonna be like something I'm gonna regret or not. And that's when I st- started stepping out of my shell, to be honest. Like, I was like, hey, whatever happens, what's for me won't miss me type of thing. And this guy comes and he's like, I would like to meet with your parents. And I was like, ooh, that's crazy. But that sounds okay. My parents are mad strict, bear in mind. They are mad strict. They don't even let me sleep at my friend's house that's across the street. And she's female. So I was like, there's no way they're just going to let me go. Like, there's no way. There's no way. Like, we needed to figure out a plan. This guy comes in, and all of them comes to my house. Like, it's Junior, it's Zion, it's, like, his whole team, it's Teddy, everyone. And I'm like, I only saw these people, like, once before, and they're all in my house right now in Elsie's, and people are losing their shit because it's Junior, and I'm still completely baffled by what's happening. And they start speaking to my parents about wanting to sign me and what a label is and what they're trying to do for me, how they're going to do it. And they mentioned all these people they can put me in studio with. Like they think I'm really talented as a writer, as a singer, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to get out of this house. So I'm fine with that. Like, I don't even care. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm doing it. And it was only supposed to be for a weekend. So my parents agreed. They're like, yeah, cool, whatever. Also, this was just guys. There was no females involved. I was so confused. I'm like, this lady is really letting me go with a bunch of people that we don't know, like to a whole different city. This has never happened to me. So like, I was completely shocked. I was like, well, my parents are having some, you know, like revelation or something. They're changing because they're just sending me to a different city. So I basically packed my bags. And I flew out to Johannesburg for a weekend. Well, it was supposed to be a weekend of what was supposed to be a weekend. I literally didn't even have a suitcase. So it was me and my backpack. And because I'm a very simple person, like I knew like one jeans, four T-shirts, like, you know, my underwear, obviously, like socks, my toothbrush and all like the basic stuff. I was like, okay, this is I'm cool with this, you know. And guess what? Mm -hmm. I end up staying for a full year. I know oh, my whole yeah. life changed in like five minutes. I swear to God, I I okay, but that means if I, you only took a small bag. That means you got to buy. All literally, whole at the time, I then got sponsored by Zando. I was like, it was my first campaign. I did the whole thing. Like everything just fell into. That's why I'm like with the whole what's for me won't miss me thing like came into play for me like very 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 seriously because it I really didn't have a plan like obviously everyone had plans for me or what they they envisioned for this label to be or sound like and it was nothing like that because everyone was doing what made them happy we we built this family like it wasn't just so obviously over time like now it's like we're inseparable like we tell each other everything like because we come from sleeping on the floor in a two-bedroom like a one-bedroom apartment it's like five of us like trying to make music and like not even caring like we're just like we didn't care about anything like we were just making music like we made sma back then we made phases back then i was even on particular at some point with junior then they ended up selling the song to major laser like the stuff that we created that's only coming out now there's so many stuff that's probably only going to come out now but the whole move and the whole shift 
like opened so much of my perspective. Like I became way more grounded, but also way more, sorry, I learned how to speak up for what it is I wanted because like I wasn't around my family anymore. Like I was living in a house of like, Mm. with like seven guys and like they all mad overprotective. Like they didn't allow me to speak to anyone because they felt like Joburg was just going to eat me up. They, but like it came from a very good place. Like they wouldn't let me go to the mall alone. Like, even though I'm like, yo, like what's the worst that could happen? Obviously like there's a list of the worst that could happen, but like, come on. Like I grew up in the hood guys. Come on. Like what? No one's faces or scares me at this point. So like it's, but we ended up growing into this musical family that I didn't have growing up. You know, like, I just became people that understood me when I didn't even have to use words sometimes. Like, it was just me sitting there and they'd know, oh, no, she's having one of those days. And, like, we talk about it more now because it's like they haven't <laughs> been around females like like that. So it's just like, when I'm moody, it's just like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Like, just leave me alone. Like, I, like, why are you being so persistent? And they'd figure out, like, little ways to, like, just make me feel like, okay, we're all here for you. Like, we care about you. Like we are, we support everything you're doing. And I just made the whole Joburg move feel like, like it happened yesterday. I can still, like, I remember it, like it happened yesterday. And that kind of also made it easier for me to just, because I just got back from London and like, that was so easy for me because I could literally just take my backpack. Obviously I had a suitcase this time, but I could go out into the world and just like explore endless possibilities without like putting a cap on it, like, or putting myself in a position where I'm doubting anything that could possibly happen. So I was just there, I was free. And I mean, that's, that's the best part of creating and being the person that does a lot for yourself. It's just like, you can allow yourself to be independent but also vulnerable at the same time, like knowing when to ask for help, knowing when to like just work a little bit harder or just going on YouTube and checking, like researching shit that no one really talks about (laughs) because it's just men predominantly. So like that was just a big move for me. Like it was great. It changed my entire life. Like all this stuff, like if I didn't do that, I don't think like I'd be doing anything I'm doing right now. I want to fast forward to the release of your debut album, 1111, which was nominated yeah. for a Samo Award. Now, just to dabble in astrology and numerology, but 1111 is the a significant number sequence, right? So it's got to do with being aware of your purpose and aligning yourself with that yep. purpose and manifesting Basically. that purpose. What was the significance of that title given that you know it was your debut album what does 1111 mean that to you? I felt like because I created this project during COVID and I mean everybody was hit by I mean it was weird it was a very weird time but because I love being at home I didn't even really mm-hmm. feel it like like that much like everybody else did because I don't really go out that much but I felt more at one and at peace with myself because I knew what I wanted. I knew how I was going to do it. I was more confident in what was going to... Like, I wasn't even attached to it in the sense of, oh my God, this is going to be the biggest project, like, ever in the whole wide world. Like, I didn't even... Like, I obviously had goals that I'd set for myself. But again, like, I... Like, Mm -hmm. I like to create without the form of attachment because that's the only way, like, you'll get disappointed in any way. So... Because I know that I can always just go into the studio and be honest. That's that's how I make music. And with with eleven eleven, it was just everything just fell into place. Like even though everything was chaotic in the rest of the world, like I was really learning a lot about myself. You know, like everything that I was speaking about in the songs or singing about was actual life experiences that I was mad comfortable about speaking to the rest of the world about. Because like. I know that a lot of other people are going through the shit I'm going through. It's just that it's just different timelines or different perspectives, but that doesn't really change the, the narrative, you know? So everything that happened, the people that I met, the campaigns, like everything that just happened for me in that time, I felt like I was my most successful during that period. 
in terms of growth and like just learning to like create in a space where you're not like you're not overthinking anything man like you just you just you're having fun like you're you're genuinely like giggling and laughing with yourself like that was me like when I'm making music like I do weird shit because it's just me and the mic and my laptop so it's like <laughs> I'm really just like I, I find myself hilarious I'm really my target audience I swear to god so it's just it's that was that was the best part for me was that everything that I said and wanted for myself, even now, like back then, like I learned a lot about like law of attraction and manifestation. Like I wasn't really into that shit. Like I only started learning about it and how powerful your thoughts are and like writing down how you're feeling and writing down what it is you want and visualizing. And, you know, like that's things that I learned very late, which I wish I learned this like as a kid, like, you know, like, Mm visualizing it like having posters on your wall like some of the stuff like the posters on my wall like I look at them now because they're still at my old house like they're still there mm-hmm. and I'm just like damn like you should have been like you should have been a little more specific <laughs> about what it is you wanted because now I'm very like I'm very aware of the company I keep the the things I say about myself even when I'm like I'm like something is like really irritating me and it's about and I I really have to think positive and restructure or reframe what it is I'm thinking or what it is I'm saying even when I'm sad and I'm like really sad I I write down everything that I'm feeling and I tell myself like you're okay you're happy everything that's happening is like supposed to be happening it's a part of the journey it's a part of the experience like you need to learn from these things like all of those things I try to be kinder to myself and I didn't know that until like I was making this project and like I just felt like the title was mad appropriate because of everything that was happening for me at the time and how everything just fell into place so that's kind of where the manifestation came from that's so epic. So we're currently rocking the 10th season of Text Talks. And to celebrate, we've teamed up with South Africa's biggest music and lifestyle festival, Johnny Walker, Rocking the Daisies. Hey. But talk to me about being invited to perform at and participate in their big comeback, their biggest production to date. I almost cried. I literally almost cried because <laughs> it's something I've always wanted to do. Like I actually, I have to go check my emails where I, you know, like they open applications for people to come and perform and stuff like for newcomers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like back in 2018 or 2019, I think it was 2018 or 2019, I had applied and I got, I, I just didn't get a response. So I was like, okay, like obviously time is a very important thing. And now I'm doing it. So it's like, Again, it's like a full 360 moment for me, like looking at where I was and like how persistence has gotten me to where I am now. You know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. is such an incredible festival. It's like they bring in Kalani. Oh, my God. I know, like, right? That was that was that was like the, the tip of the iceberg for me. I sure. literally messaged everyone. At, I was like, guys, like I would literally be on the stage helping you manage shit. Like I would be in front of house helping you with sound if you need me to like I don't even care but like I need to be on this lineup like what do I need to do to be on this lineup and they just sent me the request by email they're like just send us your manager's email and Shannon was just amazing like she was incredible she's the, she's the freaking best and like mm. shout out to Shannon because like I did not expect it to be like for them to just say you know what yeah why not let's do this so this is like an incredible experience that I'm like even going through right now, it's just like I did not expect myself to have pushed this hard, like and not even in a space where because, again, like I'm not afraid of getting taking no, like a no, like mm-hmm. having no for an answer, you know. But again, I come back and I'm I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm quite persistent. So this was one of those experiences where. I can just look back and be like, shit, you're doing daisies, bro. And I didn't tell anyone because I felt like it was too good to be true. Like, I didn't tell anyone. Like, I just kept the information. Like, I was just quiet about it because I was like, oh, my God, what if something happens? And, like, they don't want me anymore. Well, <laughs> so it's happening, just like, Merlene. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to get know, in the like way. I know. Like, it's confirmed. There's a poster. When I got the poster, <laughs> I freaked out. I was screaming. I was like, there's no way. We're doing it. I'm actually freaking doing it. So... With- like Without it just changed everything. 
without yeah. giving too much away, but but teasing just enough. What can we expect from your set at Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies? It's going to be incredible. Like, it's going to be a full-on production. I get to finally, like, perform in a nature that I feel like I would have wanted to do years ago, but now I'm more capable. Like, it's a whole different level. Like, I'm going to have dances. I'm going to have, like, I'm going to bring some people on stage with me. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. I'm excited because... I get to do this whole production and, and like actually like work on visuals and like what's going to be on the screens, like Amazing. like changing outfits and like doing all that crazy like big concert shit. Like that's what I'm excited about because I'm absolutely doing that. Like I'm absolutely and I'm doing new music. So I'm excited that I get to preview this at Daisy's because I'm dropping a project soon. And I feel like what better platform than Daisy's, you know, because... Like, I feel like the songs are are ready to go, but I really just wanted this to be, like, the first place that I get to perform it because something of such magnitude just kind of attaches to my manifestations in a way that, like, Coachella is next. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of where that. I'm at. I love yeah. that. Rolene, I just want to say thank you. It's been an absolute honor having you on the 10th season of Text Talks. A special Congratulations on the 10th the season. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bundle yeah. of energy and positivity, and I look forward to catching you on stage at the festival very, very soon. It's been an absolute I pleasure. I can't wait. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. We should wear matching T-shirts so we can find each other. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tex Talks. From me, your host, Tex, producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lurtz, and research and associate producer Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side. A huge shout out to Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies, South Africa's biggest music and lifestyle festival. Remember to follow Tex Talks on socials and subscribe and rate on whatever platforms you stream your podcast on. Head on over to texttalks.com for all our previous episodes. And remember, that's text with a double X.